It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, the NBA season is two weeks old. It feels like it's two months old. And so we're going to go through and revisit our thoughts about the contenders in the Eastern Conference and whether or not we are more or less fearful of them as Raptors observers. We're going to get into the Milwaukee Bucks, who look pretty damn good. Same as the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Miami Heat, maybe not looking so good, and suppose we got to talk about the stupid Brooklyn Nets as well. That's all coming up on a Whatevs Wednesday with Katie Heindel. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of mess. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1273 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, November the 2nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of Post Touches, my new Substack, which you can subscribe to for free or for a small monthly or annual sum. Just in my pinned tweet over at WoodleySean on Twitter if you want to go there. I've also been covering the Raptors for now nine seasons, which is very crazy. Uh, you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can uh, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite audio apps. And we are on YouTube, of course, so you can go and hit the big red subscribe button and support the show that way. And if you do that, you get a big old thumbs up from me because I love you. All right, let's get to it on today's show, which is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.net who have you covered with all the info you might need, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. We'll get to that 
them a little bit later on as well. But uh, yeah, on today's show, we're digging into the Eastern Conference heavy hitters, at least who we perceive to be the heavy hitters before the NBA season, and uh, just going to juxtapose our feelings now with what we felt about them two weeks ago when the NBA season started, seemingly an eternity ago. And here to do that is Katie Heindel for a Whatevs Wednesday. I'm so glad we've landed on this alliteration, Katie. It's the best. Thank you for the Twitter handle. Thank you for making Wednesday the day you appear on the podcast now. Uh, Katie, how the hell are you? My pleasure, man. Um, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, So, yeah, we're just going to run through the teams in the East today and and sort of in relation to the Raptors. Basically, it's uh, do you view this team as more or less of a threat to the Raptors being happy by season's end uh, than you did two weeks ago? So we're just going to power through. We got lots of teams to get to here, Katie. Uh, I'll give it to you. Is there a team you would like to start with? Is there a team that's captured your imagination so far? I will cede the floor to you as we meander our way. I suppose we could also just go like standings wise but that feels kind of boring and predictable so katie take it away let's just go go freelance it and pick a team by team here no pressure um (laughs) no i think like the teams i'm interested in um are still the ones that are top of the list and top of mind like for Mm -hmm. me from when i came into the season the pistons are probably number one on that list (laughs) um that not I exactly think. a threat to the Raptors, no, I'd no, say. No, no, no. Yeah, not a, not a threat to the Raptors. I mean, actually, you never know. We haven't seen uh, Katie. The curse is, a, is alive, Sean. Like, they're a threat to the Raptors in the, yes, of course, they're going to sweep the regular season sense, but yes. Yes, that's <laughs> I don't know I if meant. they'll have, yeah. That's what I mean. Uh, um, no, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not ahead. I'm, like, not in the play. Like, it's so far away. It so is very is, far away. This is just, like, I'm, I'm very curious and looking forward to see the way that the ways that this team um, decides to beat the Raptors this season. <laughs> With their new and exciting oh. personnel. Um, they've just been a lot of fun to watch, I mm-hmm. think, genuinely, which is the kind of basketball I want to watch at this point. Yeah. I'm not looking for, like, technically sound. Particularly yeah, you're not looking for high execution. You're no. looking for high energy. Some kids doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. like uh, <laughs> scrambly, really fast-paced uh, basketball, and that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> with that i'm glad we got the pistons propaganda in early for you katie i know it's it. uh it's, it's it high on your agenda mm-hmm. yeah each time out um oh, i'm also excited about the pistons i don't think they are going to be they are they are the worst team in the eastern conference by point differential and look they've been fun to watch so which is to say <laughs> who cares yeah <laughs> doesn't matter uh Let's go back to the top of the standings, Katie. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about a couple teams. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're the top two teams in the East right now. Milwaukee 6-0, Cleveland 5-1. and one. Uh, Let's start with the Bucks, who I had, I think, as my number two team in the East coming in standings-wise. I also mm-hmm. picked them to make the finals um, and lose to the Nuggets, which maybe it's not going to look so great right now. Uh, where are you at with the Bucks? They look... Uh, freaking horrifying and they don't have Chris Middleton right now uh are they just like to you the clear class of the Eastern Conference or are there other teams that maybe could kind of throw their nose in there I am maybe kind of skewed towards I'm far more terrified of this team than I was when the season began uh no I think they're kind of stacking up where I expected them to the thing Mm. with the Bucks is like it's usually like Bucks Sixers and Boston for me they're gonna have pretty phenomenal regular seasons you know how Mm -hmm. that shakes out 
in the postseason is always kind of a gamble, honestly. Yeah. Um, just that shift, the malleability to be able to shift over to playoff basketball from regular yeah. season, the grind of like regular season basketball. The Bucks are really good at the grind of regular season basketball. Yeah, I think it's like the switchiness um, and maybe like that playoff basketball doesn't become so methodical. Like it mm. can't or you mm -hmm. lose. Mm -hmm. That's where they have a problem. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, they sh showed everybody they didn't have such a problem with it recently. But yeah, Giannis does a pretty good job of just like <laughs> overcoming any one of your problems because yes. he's everywhere all the time. He's yeah. horrifying. But yeah. they look good. Like they look great. I haven't caught like that many Bucks games, to be honest, because I will say all the things I just said of what I want to watch in the preseason, the Bucks. Yeah. Are, not <laughs> early season. The Bucks are not. Yeah. It's still <laughs> incredible to watch Giannis play basketball. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy that part of it. Um, and I weirdly like miss, I, miss, I got on board the like Chris Middleton train mm -hmm. last mm -hmm. season and I'm, I miss that guy. So hoping for a swift return, swift as possible return. The Bucks offense definitely misses that guy too. Cause as mm -hmm. much as they're like by far the number one defense, they're like very middle of the pack scoring wise and Middleton of the pack. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, it's going to get real uh, terrifying, I think, once Middleton's back. Like, the way Giannis is playing. Like, if you haven't watched a Bucks game this season, think, how's Pascal Siakam playing? Unbelievable. He's been incredible. 26, 10, and 7. He's, uh, he's insane. Giannis has been, like, I don't know, 70% better than that? <laughs> like, it's crazy. He's nuts. It's, uh, it's not even close. He's the best player in the league. And for that reason, I think I have a healthy... And I think respectful fear of the horrible things the of Bucks the could do to the Raptors in the potential uh, in a potential playoff series mm -hmm. wouldn't be pretty, at least not right now. I don't think it, we should all have a healthy, respectful fear of the deer in general. Honestly, in a pretty basketball. good way mm -hmm. to operate. Whether you're a basketball fan, a woodsman, uh, a driver, someone, someone a driving at night. Area. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, more so, you mean even more frequently in town. I've never seen deer all all around in Oshawa, Ontario. Pretty populated expanse of land. Deer just hanging. There was one time a moose that got loose in Oshawa. <laughs> uh, it was. It didn't end well because Aww. you know uh, the the first impulse of the police is oh shoot that thing, and so they did. But there was a moose just like skulking around Beatrice Street in, in That's uh. So sad. <laughs> it was really. It was a bad day. It moose was are so stupid. weird. If the I remember the first time <clears throat> I saw one in person, it was like two like young like juvenile mo mooses. Mm -hmm. Moose. They are their own plural, which is very powerful. Mace. Um, mo mo I moist. think it's just moose still. It's, I think it's moist. <laughs> <laughs> they were running up the road uh, and like they are so otherworldly. Yeah. And almost alien in how they look. Very mm -hmm. majestic. Very cool. I one time was in, uh, this is totally off the rails, but I don't care. We're talking about fearing the deer. It's the Bucks segment, all right? It's on topic. Uh, I was in Algonquin Park, as I was wont to be as a youth with my dad and my grandfather and my mom and stuff. One time I was there with my dad and my grandfather, and we were driving through Algonquin. And we stopped because there was a full-grown bull moose just hanging out in the middle of the road, just staring cars down. It was wild. It was as close as I've ever been to... Uh, a, a, I don't know, a thing that could kill me. Uh, yes. We were in the car, thankfully. We weren't being stupid about it, but um, yeah, that's crazy. Fear the deer is the point of the, the segment here. The, the Bucks are really good. They are the moose of the NBA, I, I guess. Uh, 
Milwaukee Moose. Wouldn't that be a better team name? No, it might be. Yeah, it might Milwaukee be. Moys. That because that's the plural, of course. I'm, I'm just doing misinformation now. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to talk about the Nets coming up in just one <laughs> second. Uh, before we do that, however, we are going to dig into a word from our friends over at BetOnline.net. The number one place to go for all of your sports betting needs, uh, whether it's football, whether it's the new basketball season, the World Series is going on. It's all there for you. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, injury reports, in-depth analysis on every single game. So you can be the informed wager. Don't just go and throw money on the lines when you don't know what the hell you're doing. Bet Online is helping it so you do know what you're doing when you go and put your money down, your hard-earned money, that is. Make sure that you're going and becoming the informed wagerer with all the great tools and resources they have over at Bet Online. They also have live betting up to the minute scores for every single sport out there. And it's the fastest and easiest way to check out all your favorite games and big time events like MMA fights, boxing, golf tournaments, all that good stuff is there for you as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here with uh, the Moose Hour here on Locked On Raptors. Uh, what do you think about elk, Katie? Uh, thoughts on elk cool compared sounds. to moose? Yeah. Cool, weird sounds. Mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. be probably pretty afraid yeah, if I heard one <laughs> IRL even off in the distance because you're just like, what is that? Just when your brain tries to reconcile what you're hearing or seeing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and goes scrambling into whatever it can find. Yeah, that would be pretty scary. Elk are yeah. cool. I think elk are I like, like my uh, mm, sorry, go genus ahead. of the this family. It's pretty. It's pretty good, robust family. Dear uh, genius. Yeah. <laughs> Dear genius. <laughs> Oh, just what? What are you? What are you spilling your guts to genus there? I guess. I mean, they're uh, all different. Mm -hmm. Service, See, <laughs> service is the. Deep. All right, Katie, Swampier. we're moving on to basketball. Swampier uh <laughs> are pretty cool, actually. They're so little and very weird. Okay, let's go. Let's go back. All right, to cool. We'll do a Patreon podcast oh, exclusively about deer. <laughs> uh, we're looking for a thing to podcast about uh, since we retired a basketball. Uh, for now, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets, huh? Uh, we wanted speaking to we'll of swamp talk, deer. Speaking of swamp deer, speaking of things that are the opposite of deer in that I hate them, <laughs> uh, the Brooklyn Nets, they're two and six. They stink. They're terrible. Somehow the Raptors lost to them, which is maybe a, a badge of shame for the Raptors to wear around all season long. Uh, I, I certainly didn't respect them coming into the season. Mm -hmm. I respect them less now. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, they have now parted ways with Steve Nash. Congrats to Steve Nash on that one. Uh, I'm sure, it's a great day for him. Uh, Kyrie Irving blatantly doing anti-semitism and not getting called out or held to account by literally anyone 
we got to talk about the Nets. It's just like the only thing to talk about today, Katie. Uh, I- I'm guessing you're in the same boat as me and that you respect them a whole lot less and wish they were contracted from the NBA. But please share your thoughts because there's lots of different avenues in which to levy criticism at this stupid embarrassment of a franchise. Yeah, it's a mess. Uh, it's, it is in some ways the mess we saw coming. It is in more ways the mess that's gotten a lot worse. Um, I had my doubts coming into this season of how this team was going to function when not much had changed from last season and its functionality was still quite questionable. Mm -hmm. Um, Steve Nash, I can imagine, you know, when you like quit a job that you hate and the first morning after you're just like, Oh, I can just like (laughs) make, make my coffee. Uh-huh. Like lounge around, walk to the <laughs> store, like do all the little dumb things that you want to do today, Steve Nash. Um, mm-hmm. Turn your phone off. Anyway, um, it's not good advice for everybody, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but it's not that. fair that um, like that's not the solution. Mm-hmm. But we understand the NBA, uh, the face valueness of like a decision like that. And I, I suppose in a lot of ways you could have seen it coming. Uh, it's pretty abhorrent to me that Kyrie hasn't been suspended or, mm-hmm. you know, at least held even named in a press release, not even yeah. named. It's ridiculous. Named. And on a day yeah. when it was like, could be multiple people. Thanks, NBA. You got to be a bit more specific now. Um, mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, we've seen this kind of thing happen before when when athletes are held out. Right. For mm-hmm. four games or put on leave. So the fact that it, it didn't happen now. I'm with Charles Barkley on this one. I think it's very strange and was a poor decision, but mm-hmm. the Nets uh, front office seems to be rife with poor decisions at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think Kyrie's insistence in that press conference, um, I wrote about this more widely in Basketball Feelings, just kind of like all the nuances of everything that's going on there. But mm-hmm. I think Kyrie's decision to try and bring it back to basketball was a very ready and convenient shield. When like the game last night, I think he was four points on two from 12 shooting. Yeah, he was like, uh, against the, stanking the out loud. Yeah, yeah, like <clears throat> can't and and to painfully be like, can we please talk about basketball when conveniently you also did not want to talk about basketball for a long stretch yeah. of last season, nor play. Yeah. So it doesn't really work like that. It does when you're Kyrie Irving or this kind of like status of a superstar. It's mm-hmm. not going to work. I question how much longer it's going to work. Um, but I don't know that the Nets like really come out of this. If they go out and hire Emma Udoka, which seems like that's where all like awful signs are pointing to, I don't think it also turns around. Because no. the problems run a lot deep. The problems are, well, actually, the problems aren't that deep. The problems are your personnel on your team. So if you trade away those people, you, you have an incomplete basketball team. If you choose to keep yeah. them, you still have an incomplete basketball team. So on the sheer basketball side of it, for the criticisms of people that are upset that this is taking up so much airtime, this being the anti-Semitic and terrible things that Kyrie Irving has said, aligning himself with Alex Jones. Uh, and of all, like, yeah, the list goes on, quite frankly. Yeah. But for the people that are like, let's get back to basketball, I, I don't know how. There's yeah. no basketball here to talk about. Yeah, the basketball is a pathetic, terrible non-basketball, too. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. all... It's just so rotten, like mm-hmm. top to bottom. The whole culture of the franchise is rotten. 
And for them to be like, hmm, what's going to fix, you know, what's going to fix us is a disciplinarian coach, a guy who can, you know, hold guys to account. Uh, yeah, sure. Go hire Ime Udoka, the guy who is just like jumping at the idea of any job because he's been suspended and wasn't going to get his job back probably anyway for something that was very clearly serious enough to garner him a one year suspension. It's just, it is top to bottom gross and pathetic and like contract the nets and we, we just don't need them. I don't, I'm glad that I don't have to talk about them every day. Um, cause I feel like I was like driving myself insane because it, there's nothing sensible happening there and anything that they should do, they are not doing and every, anything that they shouldn't do, they keep on doing. And I don't know how you salvage it unless you just, blow the whole thing up which i think our friend <laughs> rohan nadkerny over at si.com suggested like that's the solution here you just say you know what this is my thing Kyrie, there the whole thing of the last two years with the vaccine stuff and now with this and the, the refusal to call him out for his anti-semitism is everyone seems t like horribly afraid of Kyrie irving what is there to be afraid of and wh like, what's the downside of calling this guy out? He leaves and he's not on your basketball team anymore because he's mm -hmm. mad and perturbed? Good. Like, that sounds good to me. That sounds like I, I know, oh, he scores 30 points a game. That's obviously the reason why he's still on the team. It's because he, he's not Myers Leonard here. He scores 30 points a game and so he gets to be on the team. But like very clearly having him there is just ruining everything else around him you would be better off like it's it's both the move that benefits your team and is the right thing to do to just cut bait with the dude and say goodbye you're done but they won't do that because they're cowards and they're a garbage franchise i, I don't know katie it's rough it's really I bad think at least you've <laughs> got to put him back like to hold him away from media and then to just like, insane the way sean marks talked about him like he was a toddler yeah, like so we don't down. want him to be fussy, yeah, or whatever just, the hell he said. And, like, I don't know, like, to try and be cute about that. Um, yeah. It, again, it just kind of shows what you were pointing at, which is a certain rottenness or the perspective of this team mm -hmm. from management down being way off mm -hmm. uh, when it needs to be, take, like, a good, hard internal look at itself. But they don't actually need to because they're not being pressed to, so mm -hmm. they won't. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the Nets check-in, Katie. Uh, they're, they're worse than they were two weeks ago. I think we've answered the thesis, thesis, yeah. thesis statement of the, of the podcast thoroughly. Um, let's take a quick break, come back on either side. We'll come back and talk about the remaining heavy hitters in the Eastern Conference, rapid-fire style, and whether or not we are more or less fearful of them than, they were when, than we were two weeks ago. We'll get to that in one sec. But first, a reminder, Locked On NHL, or sorry, Locked On NBA. Locked On NHL is good, too, but it's a different thing. Uh, Locked On NBA is also good. You can check out Locked On NBA every single day, especially the Game to Game podcast, which is a recap, one-minute recaps from all the different Locked On hosts of all the games going on in a given night. It's a wonderful way to catch yourself up if you missed the games the night before. Uh, uh, and uh, go check it out. It's on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel and podcast feed. It's Locked On NBA, game to game. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
All right, Katie, let's continue on here and uh, get this thing back on the tracks. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they look good. They've lost one game. That was, of course, to your Toronto Raptors. Mm -hmm. uh, by transitive property, that means the Raptors are better. Uh, thoughts on the Cavs? Obviously, we still haven't seen Darius Garland since Gary Trent Jr. somehow poked the inside of his eyelid on mm -hmm. opening night. Uh, and Donovan Mitchell is balling out. Devin Mobley, Jared Allen, good at defense. They have the best net rating in the NBA, or the second best after the the the, the Suns. It's very close. They're one. They're one and two. Um, thoughts on this Cavs team, and how have they sort of changed in your mind since two weeks ago when the season began? I think I, I knew they were going to be a fun team. I didn't really realize they'd be such a serious team. They are mm. a seriously fun team, so mm -hmm. they still fit my criteria mm -hmm. um, for early season enjoyment. I think them looking as complete as they do right now mm. and donovan mitchell kind of clicking in i don't know why i doubted that he could like he's obviously superstar player mm -hmm. um maybe it's just because he was in one place for so long we kind of you you wonder how anybody would then like get into a new situation and how long it's going to take them to get their feet under him in his case really no time at all mm -hmm. um also just in terms of like the chemistry and kind of the general makeup of that team he seems to really have locked into that pretty quick Mm -hmm. locked in and locked on um, <laughs> there you go that's why we pay you <laughs> the calves i i love the calves i think um they're just gonna get better touch wood mm -hmm. everybody you know it's like remains healthy um mm -hmm. i hope i wish darius garland i've had terrible eye injuries myself so i wish darius garland a quick return mm -hmm. eye stuff is very scary mm -hmm. um but Eyes heal, heal themselves very quickly, I will tell you. This is what <laughs> ophthalmologists have told me. <laughs> um, so, you know, hopefully, he, he, I mean, he's got that going for him. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Now I'm just rambling. But um, I have nothing no. super cohesive to say about this team other than they're still scary. This is a rivalry in the making for the Raptors. I think yeah. the fact that the Raptors are the team that beat them, that's good. But it's going to swing the other way because they are also very good at making adjustments. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I think the Cavs are a bit more serious than I did two two weeks ago. I thought they were going to take some time. I thought their lack of a clear number, like three in their starting five was going to be a problem. And I still think that will be a problem once they get down to it and have to guard multiple mm -hmm. very good wing players and all of these very good Eastern Conference teams. I think that will be a problem, especially like I'm not surprised it's working really well with Donovan Mitchell in sort of the Darius Garland role right now with Garland out because that team was awesome last year before everyone got hurt. So it's basically just kind of like a similar thing. I do wonder once Garland's back and like they have to sort of figure out that dynamic, which they haven't had any time. They've had 13 minutes to do that on the season so far. I do wonder how that's going to kind of play. And I do think their defense will probably struggle just because Garland Mitchell next to each other is going to be uh, barbecue chicken for a lot of guys. <laughs> and, you know, but they got pretty good guys to fall back on in Mobley and Allen at the rim. Um, yeah, the, the Cavs are a problem. I don't think I would still, like, I still think I'd have them in the sort of, like, sub-contender tier right now, um, kind of alongside the Raptors, but I, I do think they are a little bit more serious and certainly in the conversation for home court in the first round if uh, if things break right and they keep on playing like they have because they're really, really fun and really good. And, yeah, the rivalry between the Raptors and Cavs, that's, like, the thing I'm most excited for in the entire NBA right now. Like, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be painful for me. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, it's good. It's nice. It's nice. It, it'll be fun, like a cordial doing of battle between two teams who probably like each other. I don't like know other, that it's going to stay entirely cordial, unfortunately. I mean, I mean, it's not going to, I don't mean like, I'm not talking like true, you know, um, hatred. brawl. Yeah, yeah, nothing like that. <laughs> I just mean this happens with teams that meet each other over and over again, and especially That's true. they are like good matchups for each other, you know. Yeah, and very good at frustrating each other. Yeah, the the like the whole styles make fights thing with them is like the most intriguing thing in the mm -hmm. world to me. Like it's just like two completely polar opposite rosters. It's cool. Uh, let's go to the Boston Celtics, Katie. They're four and two. Um, you know, pretty ho hum. Malcolm Brogdon looks good. Are they more less the same uh, level of fearfulness as a Raptors fan as they were two weeks ago? They're the same. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're the same. I got. I think the la like the the coaching thing obviously matters in some way. I don't mm -hmm. think you can just say that doesn't matter. I don't think they're going to win 65 games or anything like that, but Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, really freaking good. Mm -hmm. Uh once they get Robert Williams back, it's pretty horrifying. Uh, hopefully he's healthy cuz uh he kind of makes that whole thing. Like I was talking about how I thought on on yesterday's podcast, I was digging into like the Siakam Barnes OG trio. I'm not sure how many trios of players around the league you take over them for the next 5 years. Tatum Brown, Bob Williams is probably one I'd take. They're pretty damn good. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers, Katie. We've seen them twice now for the Raptors. Uh, one win, pretty impressive fashion. One blowout loss. Tyrese Maxey going crazy. Um, they've kind of got it back on the tracks here after starting 1-4. and four. They're 4-4 four and four now. Um, I had them as my preseason Eastern Conference one seed. I had them winning like 58 games because I thought they'd just be a regular season wins machine. Uh, I have probably softened a little bit on them because it doesn't take me a lot to soften on the Sixers. Like uh, you see one sign of trouble with James Harden or Joel Embiid and I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm out. But still think they're good. I just don't think I view them quite as like the top tier contender that I maybe did a couple weeks ago. Where are you at with them? Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of where I was, but I, where I was, was not seeing them. I had some doubts. Mm -hmm. Um, those doubts have proved correct in some mm -hmm. degrees. I never had doubts about Tyrese Maxey. He's um, really good. Mm -hmm. And it is scary. So much fun. So mm -hmm. fast. So skilled. Obviously, you know, a team like Toronto does not know how to deal with that. No. So that will continue to be a problem. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think they'll have their ups and downs this season because, like, obviously Maxi can't turn that on every game. Mm -hmm. And you've sort of seen a bit of a – where the if, if Joel Embiid and James Harden are going to have laggy stretches mm. of whether that's, like, offensive input or even defensive mm -hmm. input, I would say, or, like, a defensive maybe more, like, willingness – <laughs> try mm -hmm. that's gonna catch the team yeah i think for me if anything's changed for me it's that i think their defense is a lot worse than i thought it would be and i kind of think there's some pretty fundamental problems there when you're rolling out pj tucker who is great but also is 38 and i know when he was playing against the raptors pj slander i did you see what Pascal Siakam was doing to him, Katie. It was yeah, I did. pretty rough. And I, I just wonder if he's still got the juice against like the very best guys. Mm -hmm. But the problem is like if he was like your second or third best defender, that would be fine. He is like their most important wing defender now, and that feels like maybe a problem. Um, you know, Tobias Harris has his moments, but is not 
like particularly stout, and then you have that Maxi Harden backcourt. I don't know. It seems like a lot for Joel Embiid to have or co- have to cover for and have to try all the time for. And I don't know if trying all the time is really Joel Embiid's bag in the regular season. Which, hey, fair enough. Trying sucks. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, Miami Heat, Katie, three and five. Uh, the Raptors went one and one against them. They beat the Warriors last night. Although the Warriors mm-hmm. themselves are three and five, so who knows? But uh, where are you at with the Heat? I, I had them kind of slipping a little bit down from their status last year as the one seed. I still think they're pretty good, and I think they were always going to be this team that kind of weathers the regular season and maybe is a little bit smarter about not pushing it all the way. Mm-hmm. I think I predicted them to get the exactly like exactly one game up on the six seed, so they just squeak in with exactly enough to not have to do the play-in mess, um, which I still feel pretty good about. I don't think I've changed much on the Heat. I was down on them, and I am still kind of down on them. Where are you at on Miami? I'm not down on them. Uh, I have some questions. I have to say the questions I had at the beginning of the season, just kind of like how they look. What's this defensive kind of identity of the team without mm. P.J. Tucker? Because I'm not really convinced that was addressed um, mm. once he left. You know, what does that kind of look like? Mm-hmm. I always trust a Jimmy Butler kind of um, quote to the broader public which he recently had of just like, don't count us out. Granted, it feels a bit early. Yeah. I don't think anyone's counting them out necessarily. Yeah. There are Um, problems. They're like super, like super competitive DNA. So I think, as you said, they will weather the regular season quite well. I wouldn't count them out as like postseason contenders. There is always a Mm -hmm. switch there, you know? Um, I'm like very curiously, as a fan, as a fan of him and like a basketball fan and a heat fan as well. I'm very curious to see what the season looks like for Bam Adebayo. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's kind of experiencing a bit of, I won't, I don't want to call them growing pains because I'm not trying to imply, you know, that um, like, why would he be going through those? But yeah. um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's well, just like a, identity thing on the team like how he sort of fits in the things kind of being asked of him to do um Mm -hmm. i he's just like a guy i want to see like take a take a leap yeah i just i like his offense is just kind of uninspiring to me in a lot of ways and i i I don't know i don't know i bam's i mean he's like one of the best defenders alive so that's like such a good floor to come in with but like if they are like, oh, we need Bam to be a twenty-one a game scored for us to win. Like, I don't think that. Like, I don't think that. But I'd like to mm-hmm. just see him try something. Mm-hmm. I'd like to let. Yeah. Let I'd like to see them let him try something. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I will say I'm, I, again, I'm about where I was on them two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. No, not too much fluctuation. Um, but you know, especially like Kyle Lowry, my dear. Our dear Kyle Lowry, looking a little, little thirty-seven years old. Like that's it's it's gonna happen. Um, I still think. Look, he's I good. mean, like I he had such fine. a like last season was such an anomaly for Kyle. Yeah, super um, tumultuous. Very tumultuous. Obviously, like not in the kind of playing, and I don't mean playing shape. Like I, I mean yeah. the kind of reps, like you know, that he's accustomed to within a season. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's like that's gonna take a toll. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go now to... Not to mention even like the mental stuff. Absolutely. Well, next team, the Atlanta Hawks, Katie. Uh, 
I am way down on the Hawks from where I was two weeks ago. That game on Monday, look, did I get to see in the flesh Trey Young like staring into the eyes of hell as the Raptors just like harangued him for 48 minutes? Did that maybe <laughs> alter my views a little bit? Yeah, but also I kind of think their roster sucks and they have like six NBA players and then maybe Bogdan Bogdanovich if he's healthy. And one of those players is Clint Capella, who kind of looks cooked. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little too blunt and mean to the Hawks, but I kind of feel like, I said this on yesterday's show, if I'm a Hawks fan, I'm sitting there looking at Travis Schlenk, the GM, being like, what the hell did you do here, man? We had Kevin Herter. We had Cam Reddish. We had all of these picks, and now it's all the picks are gone. DeJounte Murray's very good. They're not really playing as a team, him and Trey Young. It's just kind of like uh, we're just both the point guards now. And it's, I don't know. I I don't like the vibes of this team at all. I had them as, I was like almost ready to put them as like a four seed because I thought, ah, well, Trey Young will lead them to a whole lot of wins. But also, <laughs> Trey Young is like the worst defender I've ever seen play basketball. And that includes me at the Y. Uh, it's rough. And I don't necessarily have high hopes for this team, even though they're four and three. They've beaten some bad teams. They have a negative point differential. Uh, and the good teams they've played, they have lost to pretty comfortably. So where are you at with the Atlanta Hawks? I honestly didn't really think about them much going into the season, so I can't say they've uh, wavered that deeply. Mm. That game on Monday was kind of interesting to watch because at various points it sort of looked like Trey Young was trying to create a little bit, you know, um, to Jante Murray trying to create a little bit, but then kind of just quickly gave up or like the mm -hmm. team, his teammates like not necessarily looking to like looking for him or to mm -hmm. him, which is a problem. Um, they were super flat. Uh, they just seemed maybe, I don't even want to say like halfway through the third, maybe a little bit earlier that they just sort of shrugged the game off. Yeah. Yeah. Which sometimes happens. Whatever. Um, I did watch Bogdan warm up. He looks good, but like, yeah. I don't know when he comes back mm -hmm. and what that really changes. You know, um, I like Nate McMillan a lot. I like his vibe. It's good coach. Um, yeah, he's a good coach. I so I I trust that there is a plan, but I just you know he can't really maybe he can't execute it until all the pieces in that plan kind of are available yeah. to him. But the I mean problems, they had so many more pieces and then they just <laughs> traded them because of the tax. I know, like, but like that was Kevin Herter would look so good yeah, on his team, Katie. And like inevitably, Kevin Herter, like he's a he is like a Swiss Army knife of a yeah. athlete of a player. He that's what he was asked to do in Atlanta. He did everything. He did a little mm -hmm. bit of everything, and he did it without complaints. But that was also kind of a problem, mm. right? Like that is more indicative to me of a team that isn't necessarily clear on the identities or the roles for its players. And even mm -hmm. in like this modern like fluid, everybody does everything kind of NBA. Like not all teams can play that way. So I think you know for Herder there was some confusion season to season to what he should be doing mm -hmm. and like how he would develop in those roles. And I think that overarching kind of problem is still there for totally. all these guys. Yeah. I also just think it seems like playing with Trey Young is kind of a drag and maybe that's harsh, but like <laughs> Alvin Williams, I thought was rightfully leaning into him on the broadcast on Monday where it was just like, he goes off the floor, everyone touches the ball and the ball moves and they score points and he's on the floor and it's like, he has the ball for 20 seconds every possession, and he determines who gets the shot, whether it's himself or someone else. And it's just mm -hmm. like, 
I don't know. I know he's very unbelievably talented. Dude can drop 40 at any given moment. He's amazing, but also maybe he's a bummer to play with. I think he's a bummer to watch. It's not really my cup of tea. Um, maybe I just don't like the Hawks because they're in the proximity to the team that I like, and I've totally got blinders on here, but I just I don't see it with them at all i mean it was uh, a great matchup for the raptors that like if the raptors can get that first round matchup yeah that will be a like a an all-time one of these series where like a record is set by a team for like turnovers or uh like opposing steals or something it'll be a record for a seven game series but done in four games (laughs) uh it'd be rough i i Deeply hope that matchup takes place. Like a like a two seven Raptors Hawks. Woo, woo. Katie sweating. Uh, last one. Mm-hmm. Katie, the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. Two weeks to the season. Seven games. Are you higher, lower, in between? Where are you on where you where are you on the Raptors compared to where you were two weeks ago? Um, the losses have kind of surprised me. Where mm. they've come. That Sixers one was weird because. They just look super flat. Mm. Um, and in a team where it's all about adjustments all the time, mm-hmm. I was sort of surprised that they didn't have something ready for the adjustments that the Sixers were going to make. Granted, like we already mentioned, Maxi, there's not much that the team can do personnel-wise yeah. for him. I mean, they could not let him leak out for four uncontested off-ball threes when he's sure. completely torching them. But it's cool. also, yeah, like, and then it's like, okay, if he's going to do this, we got to prep for it. But you can never really prep for, like, when a guy like that's going to do that. Yeah. You just have to kind of go with the flow and adjust in game. So, yeah, I guess that's a surprise that that didn't happen. Um, and where they've lost, they just generally don't look like the themselves they're trying mm-hmm. to play to. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't. I can't tell if that's like a good sign because they generally look like themselves. I think Pascal Siakam. Like I, I'm so. I mean, I don't know what more to say than what everybody else is, which is just like being so impressed, but also just yeah. like so happy with how he is talking about his performance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in all these games and kind of like the level he's on, you know, saying the other night, like, oh, you know, I uh, if I go out and I score no points. I'm still me. If I go out yeah. and score 30, I'm still me. And kind of now being at this place where he's comfortable with that and sort of understands what that means to him, I think is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, Scotty Barnes, like, I don't know, being like a just three point lights out shooter. No look passing <laughs> all of a sudden. with even more audacity and regularity than last year. Mm-hmm. Starting oh. at point. Like not so, you know, there's a, and like, that's just two, there's just sort of scratching the surface. So I think, um, there's going to be some more growing pains. I Mm -hmm. can see that happening and weird, like weird losses where you're just like, Ooh, like what just happened? Sort of Mm -hmm. feeling a bit dizzy from them. Sure. But I think they're at where I expected them to be. I think I'm a little more bullish on them than I was two weeks ago. And I was pretty bullish coming into the season. But and I'm probably going to write about this for my newsletter this week and sort of like trying to reckon with like changing your expectations on the fly. Mm -hmm. But like Pascal is playing like a top 10 player. Guess what happens when you have a top 10 player? You win a lot of games and go deep in the playoffs. It's just kind of how it goes most of the time, especially when that top 10 player is surrounded by an all-star, one of the best defenders alive, and a wonderkind who throws no-look passes like a goddamn god and is just like so impressive and everything he does. 
even the mistakes are impressive half the time. Like, it, I think this team is going to get on a run here at some point. They have a pretty easy schedule coming up. And the thing that really stood out last year was like they had lots of stretches, multiple stretches within games where things bog down, things don't work, things get off kilter, the defense loses the plot. We've seen way fewer of those stretches so far this year. You know, there have been like the odd four minute lull or, you know, they had the first half against Miami in the game they lost before trying to come back. Um, Obviously, the Sixers game is kind of the one wash here where they were bad basically all the way throughout, but that happens. But they've had way more stretches of games where they look like world beaters. And if you start stringing enough of those sections together, you just become world beaters. That's just how it's going to work. And to me, they're a lot closer to that. And like I'm seeing just sort of the the germination of a really, really scary team here that I would not want to mess with and that I think is going to stand to improve over the season as well. Like, the bench hasn't really found itself yet. Precious Achoo has been a little wonky. Otto Porter hasn't played yet. Questionable for tonight. It'd be cool if we could see him make his debut tonight. Um, you know, th- I just think they're really kind of freaky. <laughs> and I, 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 I'm i ready to, like I said it last week on the podcast, like, why can't be they be this year's Grizzlies where everything just clicks and maybe they have their issues that, you know, don't resolve themselves in the playoffs, but... Why can't they win 55 games and just be one of the stories of the league? Because I think they got the juice. And I think as long as, and like, because of how good they look when they're at their best, like, they just got to reach their best for 12 minutes a night. And, like, that's going to put teams away. Like, that's how good they can be and how, like, devastating they can be when they're rolling. And so, yeah, I, I am more bullish than I was before the season when I picked them to win 51 games and be, like, the four seed. I think something higher than that is, is on the table. And maybe that's I'm talking myself. Jeez. Maybe I'm talking myself into a second round 2-3 matchup between the Cavs and Raptors. Maybe that's the thing I'm talking myself into. How fun would that be, Katie? Whew. Not for me. Um, <laughs> the basketball would be great. The basketball would be outstanding. Your feelings would be in Hurt. shambles, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Katie, uh, this is the last 20 minutes were a good way to wash the taste of the Nets out of my mouth. Glad you did that. Uh, Thanks for for popping on, of course. It was lovely to have another Whatevs Wednesday. Where can people check out your wonderful work? You can read uh, the cover, the most recent cover I wrote for Dime Magazine, which is on Dime Magazine's website on James Wiseman. Yes. Uh, I was out in San Francisco at the end of September. Looking at bookshelves. (laughs) We were looking at records. Oh, it was records. (laughs) It was records. I didn't look at the picture closely enough, apparently. We were looking at vinyl. Um, I only read uh, small picture books, so they all look like records to me on my bookshelf because I can't handle much more than that. Baby board books. Uh, we yeah we hung out for the day we talked about his uh, injury his recovery his return to basketball what that kind of means for him he's very open super candid very thoughtful smart guy um it was a really good time so you can read that uh because i want him to have a great season i think he's going to mm-hmm. i also wrote a nba true tale of horror yeah you did for halloween yeah um, you did i would like to just uh like say that I, I I'm not gonna take credit for the idea because your brain is a wonderful spout of the best ideas in the world. But uh, I do talk about how much I hate the thunder a lot, and I'm I'm, you do I'm do hoping that. there was some influence at least in the uh, in at least the idea. Well, I think of people have piece. heard me make the comparison <laughs> of Presty to a lizard who's obsessed with eggs. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's 
that's you just i just took that and i ran with it yeah but yes you definitely definitely made i knew it would make you very happy but that's on basketball feelings <laughs> uh and what i mentioned earlier i also wrote about uh kyrie irving and the situation pre firing steve nash mm -hmm. uh in brooklyn that is also about basketball feelings and that's basketballfeelings.com Outstanding. Everyone, go check it out. Uh, and thank you for tuning in to today's show. You can find me at Woodley Sean on Twitter. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter. I don't want to be followed. It's fine. I got enough. We're good. Uh, but you can subscribe to the... Yeah, truthfully, had enough of that website. You can find me on YouTube. Uh, just locked on Raptors. Search it up. Hit the big red subscribe button and support the show that way. We're also on all the audio apps. As you know, you can leave ratings, reviews. That's always appreciated. Pretty high up in the charts this week. It's very nice to see. Thanks to all the support. People listening. It's great. Um, and How do you think that's going to stay with our dear talk? Uh, well, I mean, we'll be up higher in like the recreation, nature and science yeah, conservation. charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, just, we're just spreading across pods. our our yeah. influence here yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i really want to host a deer themed podcast with you now katie we'll talk offline uh <laughs> with that we'll round it there go make your second listen of the day locked on leafs as that team keeps on being annoying and disappointing i think they uh, are going to fire their coach soon if things don't turn back around and mike DeStefano and dave morissuti will make sense of that when and if it does happen uh they're doing a great job over there so go check out locked on leafs if you're a sad leafs fan because the team is sad they do a great job making you have friends in your sadness uh, it's really what sports are all about being sad in a group uh, with that we'll round it out there we'll talk to you on thursday as jamar hines comes around we're going to recap the raptors spurs game tonight and on friday our pal alan shane lewis from the great canadian baking show is going to come on the podcast and we're going to talk about the team this season baked goods probably and also he was at a raptors game this week and had some pretty scathing critiques of the Richies at the bottom bowl making the fan experience at the game maybe not so fun anymore. And so we're going to talk about that as well, as it seems pretty pertinent to Raptors fan interests. That's coming up for the rest of the week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again Thursday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.